Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Today on the RV, we are traveling to Chicago and talking with Victoria Maldonado. Victoria is a mom, wife, book author, and many other things. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much. So, Victoria, how's the weather in Chicago? Is it still cold there? It's a little chilly, but it's it's fully into spring now. So we have some days that get into the, you know, very comfortable zone. And then we have some days that are very, very cold. Chicago is kind of um, fickle with its weather during this time. <laughs> yes, it's like unpredictable sometimes. Yeah. So, Victoria, you started writing when you were nine years old. Did you always know this is what you enjoy doing? I really did. Um, ever since that project in my reading class when I was nine, um, writing has just come easily to me. It's it's always been enjoyable. It's something that I'm fairly good at, and really, it's my passion. And um, as I've developed as a writer, it's become just something that I can use to you know convey my thoughts and ideas to the world. And yeah, I just I love doing it. It's probably my favorite thing. So. Wow. Awesome. And can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, um, like you said, um, I'm a mom. I've got five and a half year old twins and I also have a 15 year old stepson. Um, I'm trying to do this author thing full time. I also do editing um, and other kinds of writing for companies all over the world and people all over the world. Wow. Um, and I just you know, I'm really active in my church and I just love having a good time and the world is fun. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, so I read the story behind a summer of promise and I think it's so cute. <laughs> like, could you share with our listeners the story? Yeah, when I was uh, 15, I was sitting in um, gym class or phys physical education class and this boy that I had a crush on, he slid, slid, slid up next to me and he was all like suave. And um, he said, write a book about me. And I was, you know, flustered, but I said, give me a character. And so he did. A day or so later, he gave me a two page character sketch of the character that is now my main, uh, one of my main characters in my first book, um, Matt Brennan. And yeah, the, the first story, it was a 50-page story called The Summer of Promise. The title feels kind of weird now because of what it's become. Um, but yeah, it, the 50-page story made the guy who told me to write it cry, which was super hilarious because he was a big cowboy guy. Uh -huh. And um, But yeah, it just became the story. And then I let it sit with me over years. And then it became my first book, which is called In Death We Part. Oh, I find that so sweet and romantic. <laughs> so, Victoria, aside from your high school crush, where else do you find inspiration? Um, really just different aspects of my life. Um, for, for my romance novels, 
Um, they just come from experience. Sometimes it's experiences I've had, places I've been, things I've done. Um, and other times it's those what if situations where mm -hmm. it's like, what if I had studied abroad in this place? What if I had actually moved to a place and done this? So really, I mean, they stem from, from the experiences I've had and things that are inside of me. Um, and just situations that I find interesting, mostly. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've written many romance novels. Mm -hmm. Do you consider yourself a romantic person in your real day-to-day -day life? Actually not. I'm, I'm really practical and I'm, I'm pretty level-headed. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly, um, I don't know, driven. Um, I don't give myself to daydreaming much, which is funny, because um, everything that I'm imagining for the books, it's for a purpose. And so now myself, I'm not quite romantic. I'm, I like to have a beer and watch the game. You know? mm -hmm. It's not it's not so much the romance um, that I put in the books, but mm -hmm. that's kind of fun too. Speaking about your books, you have an extensive list of current projects. Yes. Yeah? <laughs> so you I you are a mom of three and offer editing services and much more. Yeah. Being so busy, how do you achieve balance, Victoria? I'm really not good at the balancing part. Um, I try, but um, when I get involved in a project, that's pretty much what I focus on. Um, I'm really trying to find more balance because I work from home. And um, because of the current world situation, the kids are only in school about half the day. Um, I'm always here with them. And it's, it's really hard for me to separate work from relaxation time. So I don't relax much. But mm -hmm. um, honestly, I'm not much for relaxation. Um, give me a trek around Europe instead of a beach any day. Uh -huh. you know, that thing. So um, I try to just make sure that what I'm writing and what I'm working on um, is very meaningful to me and in that sense I find a very good spiritual balance um, with what I'm working on um, but I do need to work on relaxing a little bit more I understand mm -hmm. that your work is a way to relax or am mm -hmm. I wrong <laughs> yeah it kind of is and I, I get enjoyment out of it and so and there's a saying that says if you enjoy what you do you never have to work a day in your life mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm kind of trying to live that <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree with you. When I'm writing or I'm talking to my guests, I really don't feel like I'm working. And you have a book called Awake in Elysian Fields. Yeah. And you minored in French. Where and when did your interest in French culture start? Yeah, well, I mean, I started pretty early. Um, I mean, my mom always did a little bit of languages with us as kids. But um, when I was 10 or 11 or so, um, I took um, an enrichment program at school and it was specifically a French class. And um, I just totally fell in love with the French language and Paris. Um, and then I studied French in middle school and high school and college. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to travel to Paris um, quite a few times. Um, and so I just, I really just love the sound of it. I love what the language does. Um, Paris is probably one of my favorite cities on the planet. Uh -huh. I know it better than I know Chicago, which is laughable to everyone. Uh -huh. um, they think it's hilarious. I, I can get around Paris. I cannot get around Chicago. 
And so, yeah, no, I just, I really enjoy it. And I love learning other languages as well. It's not just French. I mean, learning French helped me learn Spanish very well. And so, yeah, I just, I really enjoy languages and how languages relate to each other. Yeah, and we have so much in common. Uh, <laughs> I met my, my husband in Paris for the first time. Aww. We met in Paris and it was so romantic. So. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the reasons I, I, I chose to put my third book in Paris and, and the plot lent itself and the characters lent itself to that. Um, but I just, I knew the city and I just know the magic that that city has and it fit really nicely with the story. I can see that you love traveling around the world. Me too, that is just wonderful. And I get to carry those memories with me and no one can take that. So, I mean, I just, every different country I've been to, I try to learn enough about the language to not be the quote, stupid American. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, cause we get, we get a bad rap for not wanting to learn other languages, um, yeah. but. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I make I make sure that I can navigate a store, navigate a restaurant, be generally polite. I mean, and there's one time I was in Croatia in Dubrovnik for four hours because mm -hmm. I was on a cruise and um, I learned enough to navigate the town. And um, I, I got a lot of strange looks, but they were very pleased that I was trying. Um, so that's kind of what I found. As long as you make the effort to communicate in the place where you're at, it makes the experience so much more rewarding and people treat you with the warmest love. They do. It sounds like traveling brings you some sort of balance where you can enjoy life's pleasures. You remind me of this quote, travel opens your heart, broadens your mind, and fills your life with stories to tell. How does this quote make you feel? Absolutely. I love that quote. That's great. Do you agree with it? <laughs> I do. I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of what I've written um, can totally fall into that. My first book, it's uh, partially set in New Mexico, which is in the Western United States. Mm -hmm. And I had never been there. But then I made myself go there so I could write it. And that broadened me to a whole different culture. Again, my, my third book is set in Paris. Um, a trilogy that I'm currently working on is set in Mexico. I got a chance to study abroad there. Um, oh God, it was 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, broadening your exposure to the world and to other cultures can do everything to fill your heart and just fill your life with experiences. So I think that's, that's a wonderful quote. Traveling expands your horizon, gives you new experiences, like makes you familiar with new cultures. And it's good that helps you to meet new people. Absolutely. And I see you've published your books in other languages, such as Spanish. How does it feel to know that people abroad are connecting to your work? I think it's really, really amazing. Um, for my children's book, um, but th those I chose to um, translate into Spanish because I could, I had the resources for it. And we have such a big Spanish speaking population in our area that, um, that needs literacy, that I think it's very important to expand into all those different cultures. But my books are also currently being translated into Romanian, which seems perhaps strange, but I've struck up a friendship with another author who lives in Romania, and she loves um, my books. 
And so she's first starting with my children's books, getting those into Romanian, and then she's working on my novels. I think it's amazing because um, I believe the stories that I write kind of resonate across cultures and across um, borders, I guess. And to, but to get that accessible to people, they need to be in other languages. And I think it's in a really interesting process. And what is your favorite book? Um, of my own books, um, probably Awake in Elysian Fields is my favorite. Um, it's the most mature of my novels. Um, it really helped me process a very difficult part of my life. Um, and it's in Paris, so you know, you can't go wrong there. Um, but I really, um, I've grown as a person, grown as a writer, grown as a woman, and I was able to put all of those pieces together in a really interesting and entertaining and also very meaningful way. So I think of, of my books, that's my favorite. Although, I mean, my other ones have a special place in my heart because they were the best thing I could do at the time. How many books have you written? Um, I've written three novels and then three, well, two children's books with Spanish translations. Um, and then I have written a third children's book and it's currently being illustrated. So I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then I've written a number of short stories that are in some anthologies. So, and I have another romance trilogy in the works. So mm -hmm. it just keeps going. <laughs> wow, you must be very creative. And you receive feedback from the readers? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I have a newsletter that goes out every month and I get feedback from, from several readers. There's some that I, I hear from all the time. Um, and then there's some ones that just happen. Um, I get, I've gotten nothing but positive feedback from readers, which is very gratifying. Um, I mean, the, the biggest word for my third book that I got was that it was gripping, very, you know, it, it makes you have to keep reading. Um, and I don't know, I just, from readers, I just get that the stories are so heartfelt and really move, move you along and take you away into the world of the characters. Um, so that's for the novels. For the children's books, um, I've gotten so much positive feedback, both about the art, which is I cannot take credit for, but, um, but then also the stories. Um, with the children's books, I really try to make sure that the messages can resonate with parents and with children. Mm -hmm. That's very important to me because I'm a parent that has to read children's books with my kids, and I don't want to read something if it's garbage. So like my, my first book, first children's book, Bartleby the Brave, it's about kindness. It's about being brave in the face of um, dangerous um, situations and just being the better person. And then um, my second book, which is about to launch actually, um, is called Tears for the Butterfly. And that one is about putting love and compassion out into the world, seeing how that ripple effects out, but then like what that can give you in return. So it, it's very, uh, I don't know, adult themes in a way that the parents will be able to resonate with and then maybe have conversations with their children about. And I think that's really important yeah. um, for children's learning. Yeah, this is super important. Uh, kids need to have a good, uh, how can I say, examples. And yeah. And what do your kids think about your children's books? Do they play a role in your creative process? 
they they do play a role in the process um they love my first book which is Bartleby the Brave um they my, my son and my daughter each have very different favorite parts my my son likes villains so he likes when the mean cardinals are, are involved um but my my daughter likes when when the main character you know saves somebody who's been mean to him um so they like different aspects of them but like at least once a week still and i've had it out since january um <clears throat> they'll ask me to read it to them for the bedtime reading which is great um and then um, my daughter really loves the butterfly book and cause she likes, she cries at the end <laughs> every single time, which is just heartwarming and adorable. Um, but then um, the next book, the, the one that's currently being illustrated actually was inspired by my son. My son hmm. randomly started um, doing alternative words to a popular nursery rhyme called Hickory Dickory Dock, but he was doing it with monsters. And so I was like, oh, we could totally write that book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I sat down and I wrote, you know, monster themed um, lyrics to it. And now it's being illustrated. And then my daughter is the inspiration for my one I'm going to do after this. And it's about um, a turtle who just wants to have a friend. Mm -hmm. And so it's, 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 I love getting inspiration from them because that's who's going to read the books and um and they're like I said they're about five and a half so they're right on that cusp of reading for themselves um but it's fun I, I like doing what they're what they're interested in yeah I also write for kids and sometimes they write like Miss Lucia you should have done this or oh maybe the person was not like what I thought so they are very cute yeah that that's familiar um in our neighborhood um four houses down we have another set of twins that are the same age as my twins which is awesome and and they're two boys and they found out or they got they got my first book and both of them were like Miss Victoria you need to write a story about this doing this and with this and this is what I want when are you writing my book mm -hmm. <laughs> which is absolutely hilarious mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm it's on my list I promise yeah I love the opinion and Victoria what inspires you to do so much stuff um life really inspires me um I've been through so much in my life that I mean just to look back at any aspects of what I've been through, kind of um, each one of those lives that I've had can inspire its own story. It's not all been easy, it's not all been good, but I can take those, um, those times and really turn it into something that can resonate with other people. So I like to go to that for a lot of the inspiration of, of my um, more adult books, for sure. Um, and then I know for the kids books, I, nature is very inspiring. Um, the natural world and animals are just so interesting and they do things for a really interesting purpose. And so I like to take those real live elements and then weave a story around them that can um, resonate on kind of a, a higher level for us as readers. So. And what message do you have for new writers, people who are starting in this career right now? The best place to start is just to write down what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And not so much in a list, but just kind of um, if 
if an idea that you have that you have really makes you think, makes you feel something, um, it drives you to question something or explain something, that's what you need to write. Um, writing something just because you think it might sell, I don't think is the route to go. Um, everyone is put here on this earth with a purpose, with um, their own identity, with their own voice. And writers, when they're starting out, they need to just harness that voice. They need to read other, other writers to understand the function and the structure and the mechanics that go into writing, but their stories should be something that only they can write. And I think that's really important to remember. And a lot of, a lot of writers that I've encountered forget that and they write something because they think it will be popular or, um, <clears throat> or that it will be, I don't know, a takeoff on a certain thing they've seen. But when you're writing from within yourself and things that you've experienced and that you can, that only you can talk about, I think that creates strong literature and that creates just very powerful messages to put out into the world. So that's what I would recommend. Exactly. We should not write only about trendy subjects. And besides writing, you also do editing and more things. Tell us about your work. I spent the better part of the last 20 years doing professional editing um, for various companies all over the place. Um, I've done architecture magazines, interior design magazines, um, meeting planner magazines, you know, it runs the gamut, um, education, publishing. Um, so editing, I mean, editing is, comes as naturally to me as writing. A lot of writers are not also editors. So I've come to learn that I'm kind of a rare breed. Um, but I, editing and writing are very different skills, but I happen to enjoy and, and do a lot with both of them. Um, I, I'm editing currently a few different fiction publications for various people, again, all over the world. One woman is in Canada, one's, um, I think she's currently living in Sardinia, but she's from Romania. Um, and, and I'm also editing um, higher education course work. So it really goes all over the place. And um, I'm also on the verge of um, being able to start with a new publishing company where I get to make the decisions about what we publish and make sure that they're edited to a, to a, um, a high quality so we can um, expose newer authors to the um, ability to be published. So that's very exciting. Wow, that's very exciting. And I want to know, where do you find this energy? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't sleep all that much. So um, I'm just, I've always been a high energy person. Like I said, sitting on a beach is, is kind of torture for me. I'll do it, but it only lasts for so long. I need adventure. I need input. I need to explore, to engage. Um, it's just it's just how I'm, how I'm wired. So, I mean, give me a two-week spin around Europe in like five different countries. I'm super ecstatic. <laughs> so. I'm getting inspired by you. <laughs> oh, good. So, Victoria, can you tell our listeners your book's names and also where can we find you? Sure. Yeah, um, my romance trilogy is um, called The Hearts Drawn Wild, and wild is spelled with a Y. 
That's the Hearts Drawn Wild trilogy. Um, the first book in that is called In Death We Part. Um, the second book is called Running in the Mist. The mm -hmm. third book of that is The Awake in Elysian Fields that we've been talking about. Um, my first children's book is called Bartleby the Brave. And my one that's about to debut is called Tears for the Butterfly. Um, so those are the ones that are currently in publication. Um, the best place to go to find out more information about them, to read synopses, to find purchase links, um, whatever, is my website. And uh, my website is victoriajhyla.com. So it's victoriajhyla.com. That is a one-stop shop for um, everything you might want to know. Mm -hmm. um, it really um, has a lot of different features on it. I also promote um, a poetry anthology. I'm not the poet, but um, the poet um, died from suicide two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, a good friend of mine named Lisa. And that's also on my website, um, available for purchase, as are the few anthologies that I have short stories in. So um, really, my website's the place to go. That's super exciting. And congratulations for all that you have been doing. Well, if you are ever looking for a Portuguese tutor, let me know. I'll be happy to help. I would love that. I would love that. So I'm here. So, Victoria, thank you very much for your participation and keep doing this amazing work. And come back. I will, for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.